You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Charity's upcoming season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 335. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for you today. We've got Amanda Stanton back on the podcast to talk about married life. We're going to talk about Taylor Swift for a good portion of the podcast. We're going to talk about mommy shaming that she has received and a few other things. And we'll get to Amanda momentarily. I did want to stay away from a lot of Bachelor talk with Amanda because, in case you didn't know, Amanda doesn't really follow the show anymore, so there isn't a ton she can add. We do talk about one thing from her time on Ben Higgins' season, and she actually shares a story that she's never shared before, and it's now gotten me thinking about, now I want to find out from other people that were in her situation if they did the same thing that she did. It's towards the end of the podcast, but it's about hometown dates and exactly what she did during her hometown date when she wasn't on her hometown date, kind of in the dead time, because she had the first one. So she had to sit around in a hotel in Marina del Rey while three other people had their hometown dates. Ben had to go to, uh, he went to Texas for JoJo's, then he went up to Ohio for Kayla's, then he went to Portland for Lauren's. All while Amanda and the others, you know, you have to sit and wait in a hotel room while this is all going on. Amanda did something a little sneaky, and this is the first time she's ever told the story. So that's a good one, but that's really the only Bachelor talk we had. I wanted to talk about other things with her because a lot more important things going on uh, in her life than this show, and she doesn't really follow it anymore. The other thing that um, I mentioned it earlier in the week, I think I mentioned it on Monday's Daily Roundup, but for some of you, I don't know who listens to what. I don't know if some of you only listen to the Daily Roundup and you don't listen to Thursday's podcast or you listen to both. Obviously, I thank you to everybody who listens to anything I put out there. But if you missed Monday's Daily Roundup, um, I had the lyrics to the Daily Roundup song, the, the, the intro song for the Daily Roundup, which is Rave Up, Shut Up by the Rave Ups. And I didn't know them for the longest time. And then someone emailed me and said the lead singer of the Rave Ups, Jimmer Podraski, posted them in a Facebook page. About a month ago, somebody was asking him for the lyrics to it because if you Google Rave Up, Shut Up lyrics, you can't find them anywhere online. And even if you go and have the song downloaded in your Apple Music and you hit the button to show you the lyrics while a song is playing on your Apple Music, that button doesn't work for the Rave Up, Shut Up song. So somebody asked him. He put the lyrics out there. Now you all know will know the lyrics. I'm going to put them in today's column as well. The column is just, you know, the two podcasts and, and whatnot. You know how I do Thursday's column. There's not a lot of info in there. But I will have them, if you are a, da- a Daily Roundup listener, I will have the lyrics written out for you. Um, I, I verbally did them in the podcast on Monday, but I'm guessing none of you wrote it down or remembered. So I'll have them in today's column. And then I'm actually thinking of, you know, for this particular podcast, the song by the Rave Ups, Positively Lost Me is the intro music and outro music, both of the songs from Pretty in Pink. Now, 
I only use the actual um, music. I don't use the words for Positively Lost Me. And now I'm like thinking, well, for the Daily Roundup, I have at least some of the words for you know the start of the song for Rave Up, Shut Up. Maybe, maybe I change it for this podcast. It's been 335 podcasts of the same music to where you don't hear any of the lyrics. I just use the instrumental. Maybe I'll change it up and do the first two lines of the song, or maybe the first four. Because if you know anything about the Positively Lost Me lyrics, it's basically a song about breaking up with a girlfriend, and because they broke up, she's now missing out on things. Things that are not very expensive outside of a diamond ring. <laughs> You'll see. when I, I Maybe I'll just post the lyrics. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I might include it. I don't know. And then maybe have them both saved and then every just rotate every week. One week you'll get the instrumental version. One week you'll get the uh, the version with the words, at least the first few words of the song. I don't know, because I don't want I don't want to be playing music for thirty seconds before the podcast even starts. You know, so that's where I have to kind of tinker with it and see what I can do. But I don't know. If you're interested, let me know. If you think if you do want to have the lyrics for Positively Lost Me in the open for this or do you just want me to keep it the same because it's literally been the same for 335 podcasts and you don't want it to change so let me know um and i'll you know I'll, I'll definitely take it into consideration i'm not going to be like well i don't care what you say i'm gonna i'm gonna do it how i'm gonna do it if you guys are all like no just leave it the way it's been uh, this is just the way we know it for 335 episodes then i'll probably just leave it and i won't and i won't change it i'm not changing the music at all i'm just like daily roundup would just be including the beginning lyrics of the song because as you know right now it's just instrumental so uh what else daily roundup is in your feed um i talk a little bit about well i talk about the amanda interview the things i just said um but the other thing i talk about in i spent a good amount of time on probably half of the podcast today on daily roundup has to do with the united airlines flight with jesse james decker's sister but it's not my opinion on the flight i've already given that two days in a row that's not changing those are what I feel based on the information that's been given to us, what we know happened. I'm not going to speculate on, well, there had to have been other stuff that happened. Well, maybe not. So I'm not going to sit here and guess. There's, that's pointless because then you're throwing out possible misinformation. My take is strictly based on the basics that we know of that story, and that's it. If I hear something else and the, somehow the flight attendant for United comes out and says, no, 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 that's not the way it went. She was being surly with me. That's why I gave her the bag and the wet wipes to pick up the popcorn. Then my whole opinion will change. But I doubt the United Airlines uh, uh, flight attendant is going to come out and say anything. I just I think this is just it's a PR nightmare for them. They want it to go away. I'm sure they apologized to them privately and maybe gave them a voucher or something. Who knows? But um, but what I talk about today is not that. It's more along the lines of a whole situation in regards to going public against a company on social media like um, Jesse James Decker's sister, uh, Jesse James did uh, and her husband did, like called United out and tagged them in a tweet so more people knew about what happened. Is it something 
that and this is the angle I have not taken yet or haven't talked about yet. And this is what I want to talk about today because I've got some thoughts on that. I've got some thoughts on, on, on people that do that, whether I agree with it or not, and kind of go from there because I hadn't looked at that angle of it uh, in the last two days because I was just giving my opinion on, on how I felt. So anyway, that's what's on the Daily Roundup today. And if you're interested, the Sports Daily is up. Uh, on a completely different feed, but you can subscribe to that. So it'll be in your podcast feed every single day. We talk about last night's NBA playoff games. We talk about an unbelievable gambling stat in the NBA playoffs. We talk about Dylan Brooks just being a complete ass and poking the bear. That is LeBron James, which is just stupid. makes no sense. And a little NHL talk. So that's what's going on on those two podcasts. All right, let's get going. Podcast number 335. All right, uh, let's uh, bring her in. You first saw her on Ben Higgins' season of The Bachelor, then a couple seasons of Bachelor in Paradise. I don't remember which ones it was. Three and four, four and five, something like that. Um, Since we last had her on, though, she has since gotten married. It is Amanda Stanton. Amanda, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good. What what seasons was it for Paradise? Was it three and four? Three and four. Three and four. Yeah. Okay. Memorable seasons for you, nonetheless. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so funny to look back on it now. I mean, obviously, we're this summer will be season nine of Paradise, and that's crazy. <laughs> you're on. You were on seasons three and four. So much has obviously happened in your life since then. I, when you look back on that, I don't want to talk about the people that you were involved with. I think we've done that enough over the years. But right. when you look back on it, mm-hmm. is it just like? I can't believe I did it. It's all a blur. I'm glad I did it. I learned from it. Where's your stance on it? It's honestly all a blur. Like, it feels like another lifetime ago. It feels so long ago. Well, it was. I mean, we're looking at, you know, Yeah, I mean, it was six. Yeah, five. it was like six years ago, but it feels like it was 20 years ago, honestly. Yeah, I I can imagine because, you know, as we said, you got married. Since you've last on the podcast, which I want to say was about two or three years ago, um... You have since gotten married. Uh, you are married to your husband, Michael. When was the when was the wedding again? In September. September. So of last it's year. been, gosh, like six months. Six months, seven months. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um. Okay. So before before we even uh, get to, to get to all that, this past weekend, uh, unfortunately, you missed out on Coachella. <laughs> Um, yes. Uh, everyone else uh, and their mother seemed to be there. Um, I know that you had gone. I know you had been to it in the past, and obviously you're at a different point in your life where something like Coachella isn't as important. Did you feel? I don't know. I I can't remember. Did you go last year to Coachella or no? I've gone to Coachella every single year. So has so has Michael. Actually, he's gone it. For longer than me, I think he's been going since like 2011. This is the first year we didn't go. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, yeah. I mean, it is something to where I don't know. Is it? Did you feel like you missed out, or are you kind of at a place in your life where you're like, yeah, I'm. I don't need to go anymore. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't get FOMO. I didn't feel like I missed out on anything. But I will say, I see so many people hating on. Coachella all the time and I I think it's fun I mean I I didn't feel like I missed out on anything or like it's not as important to me these days but I, I think it's fun well I'm one of them 
Um, <laughs> <I don't, laughs> my sister hates it too. She's like, it's the worst. It's her nightmare. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't get it. I've never been there, but I've been to. Um, my, my mother used to to work out in. Uh, she used to work in Indio. I'm very well aware of the Palm Springs area. It just doesn't seem like unless you have. Look, I understand the business side of it that people kind of have to go with brand deals and stuff like that now. So I get it, but. If it was just you have no brand deals, you're not an influencer, to just go and stand out in a dust bowl for a weekend in 100-degree heat, that doesn't seem appealing to me. But what am I missing out? Is it better, or is that what it is? No, that that's what it is, but okay. it's, like, weirdly fun. It is? Yeah, <laughs> it's really fun. Um, well, you know what, you know what, something that you, you posted something this weekend and I didn't, I didn't understand it. So I want you to explain it to me. You were doing a Q and a, and you were, and people were asking you questions. And I think one of the Q and a's was something about, you kind of felt out of it for the last two years. You haven't been as, uh, active on social media for like two years now. And you called it your, f the flop era. Is that what you called it? Yeah, my flop era. Okay, I'm so what? Out of it now. Okay, so what is what is the flop era? I never even heard of that phrase until I saw you doing that on your Instagram story. So what is it? So you know, I think for me, I turned thirty like right when the lockdown happened. I'm April April birthday, so it all happened in March. I turned thirty, and then it kind of continued on for like two years. And I met Michael. I got engaged. Like so much of my life changed on top of like everyone's life changing, and I just feel like I went from being like single and like hanging out with my girlfriend and traveling to like being married. And I like, just didn't know, like, I don't know. It was just so weird after I was like, I don't know how to dress anymore. I didn't know how to be social. And it just kind of put me in, I don't want to say a funk because I've been very happy, but just kind of like a weird phase where I kind of like lost my creativity and style. And I don't know. Um, so I feel like I'm finally now like coming out of it. Is it because like you say you lost your style or whatever? Is this because you were home? You were home a lot and you weren't as a single woman. You obviously went out and you went to events and you did maybe some red carpet stuff and you had to get dressed up, dolled up to do that stuff. And then ever since you just haven't done that stuff. So you've had no reason to really go out and get dressed up. I think that's a big part of it was that, I mean, I was always home. So like everyone was just in sweatpants all the time and it was fun for a while until like everything started opening back up. And then I think too, not that I think at a certain age or after you have kids, you have to start dressing different, differently or anything like that. But I think like maybe my personality kind of changed a little bit over those years. And I didn't like quite like all the trendy stuff I was wearing before, but I didn't know, like, it was just weird. I was like, where do I even shop? <laughs> you don't shop at Forever Twenty One or anything like that. Is that out of your range? No, no not anymore. Mm. Yeah, not not so much anymore. <laughs> Revolve. Is it we had a good run. <laughs> Revolve. Do they send you stuff? Are you, are you involved with Revolve at all or no? Yeah, I okay. I still work with Revolve. Um, not not as like actively, but I do still work with them, and I still like a lot of Revolve stuff. I think a lot of like the trendier stuff. I don't know. I just. I can't get behind it anymore. I'm, I think I've like kind of transitioned into more just like classic, like a little more conservative style, which I like now. Yeah. No, that's fine. I mean, your style is your style. It is what it, yeah. it, it's you. It's whatever you choose to be, to do with it. You know, with you, 
I, you know, you had, um, and, and I'll ask you about this because I don't think I've asked you. You had a um, clothing line, Lonnie, the label, right? Yes. And you're not, you're not involved with it anymore, correct? No, I'm not. It's been like a year now. Okay. So, because, uh, yeah, because it was right around this time last year, you actually, um, you know, you donated to my party, which is in June every year. And remember, you gave me yes. the, um, and it was right around the time you were like, I'm transitioning out of it, but you can still use a code. And I, I gave it away in, in a raffle at my party last year. Um, but what, what happened with, did you just decide it was getting to be too much? What was the reasoning for Lonnie the Label ending? So when I first started it, um, I feel like I was very hands-on. Like I designed every piece. I mean, I don't have any like design background, but like I, you know, personally picked out everything, designed everything. And I was like so proud of my first collection and it did so well. And I just loved it. Um, and then some people from my team, cause I, I partnered with another team who kind of like helped with all the, um, the manufacturing and the customer service and all of that. And they kind of, someone would move and then they'd add someone new on. And it was hard to keep up with like everyone like phasing in and out all the time. And I feel like it just got kind of unorganized. I feel like I started losing some of like the control, like things I wanted to do. They'd be like, well, we think you should do this instead. And it kind of just got to a point where I was like, I don't even feel like this is a good representation of me or like my line anymore. And I think it just made me a little unmotivated. So after a certain amount of time, I felt like it was just time to let it go. Oh, okay. So that that makes sense. Your first line, you said pretty much all your designs, and then it turned into too many uh, cooks in the kitchen, essentially, giving their input, yes. and it doesn't end up being your – and it's like, if I want this to be my line, I want it to be my ideas. And if it's not, then, yeah, let's move on from this. Totally right. Understandable. Um, yeah. I think I think one of the things, another thing that you spoke about recently uh, that it, it's funny because there are stories now. I, I'd say more than half the stories that you see on sites like People and Us Weekly are stories that those authors will pen without even talking to the con, without even talking to the subject of the story and what i mean is a celebrity a reality person all they have to do is put out an instagram post on their feed or put out an instagram story and all of a sudden it becomes a story on a entertainment site and one of the ones that you did recently was you talked about the fact that you were really bothered by the fact that people would constantly people still are constantly asking you or or trying to figure out if you're pregnant. And then I saw yes. and I saw the story on Us Weekly and I texted you about it. I said, "Look at this." And and it, the story is just about Amanda Stanton posted an Instagram story and, you know, fighting back at people who say who ask her about being pregnant. And I'm just like, "But there's no they didn't contact you about the story. They're just able to write no. a story based off your Instagram story, which is hilarious to yeah. me now, but this is the way journalism kind of is now." So right. I I mean I want you to talk about it and you, you just kind of share exactly was this people that literally like would see a picture of you either in your feed or your story and like actively looking for a bump or something. Is that what they're doing? So for me, yes. But I mean, I think this happens to like everyone. Cause even when I posted that, so 
so for me, it was like, as soon as, as soon as we got married in September, every picture that I've posted since there's someone who comments, like, do I see a bum? And I'm like, no, I'm not pregnant. But like, also it's just so rude. But I think like a lot of people deal with that. And, And I know that maybe some of it stems from like people being excited or like they want that, which is like sweet. But I just think it's like 2023. I think people should know better by now to not ask people that. Um, but even when I posted that, I had so many people that follow me respond, even saying just, you know, that happens with them at like work, like their coworkers every day are like, are you pregnant yet? Are you pregnant yet? Or like their family members. I guess it's a thing. Like after you get married, people just expect you to have a baby and like, we'll check your stomach and look at you every day waiting to see a bump and it gets annoying. Yeah, I mean, do you ever respond to them? Uh, do you ever respond to them um, individually, or do you like just doing it like, "Hey, everyone," kind of like you did that day, which was an Instagram story of like, "Hey, it's not right to ask any woman if she's pregnant or I, she's going to have a kid or whatever the case may be." There was a picture of me on New Year's Eve. This is kind of like right around the time it really started. And I was holding a glass of wine, and the comments, like so many people, were commenting that I looked pregnant. And at first I, I deleted some of the comments um, because people start fighting and I just don't like that. Yeah. Um, so I just deleted some of them or there was, there's been a couple where I've responded and been like, nope, like not pregnant. You don't see a bump. Um, and then after a certain point, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to post on my story because I was frustrated. <laughs> okay. So have you ever had a back and forth with somebody that literally thinks they're in the right by telling you or think it's, thinks it's okay to be like, oh, I'm allowed to guess. It's my, you know, my right. You know, it's free country or whatever. Some stupid thing like that. I've never had a back and forth just because I'm just like at a point now where I just argue with people. Yeah. But I did have like some responses to when I when I posted that of people being like, oh come on, it's not weird for someone to ask. You just got married. We've been following you. It's a totally normal question to ask. So I think some people just don't get it. Yeah. No, it seems like that's it seems like that's the way it is. And you know, another thing that I know that you deal with, and I see it sometimes when I see some of the comments on your Instagram feed, is with your daughters, and people constantly like you are very uh, picturesque with your daughters. You have no problem uh, posting pictures and videos of your daughters, and some people think that's too much you know but it's to each their own anybody can do whatever they want on their own instagram you but right. i know that you've gotten a lot of shit for it and you've gotten you know quote mom shamed for i don't know posting pictures of uh, kinsey and charlie like i don't really understand that either and i i just again what message do you have to people who constantly are having an opinion about what you post about your daughters i think like every person's different and I've seen a lot more influencers lately not posting their kids and I understand why I'm like I get it um for me as my kids have gotten older I don't think I post them as much or I just don't share as much with them because they're so busy and on top of it they're at the age now where like they have their own little social lives and stuff like that and I just want them to kind of like have their privacy I never want to post anything that's going to like embarrass them but I think a lot of it a lot of people that are taking their kids off social media or that judge people for it's from more of like a safety standpoint um which I I get but I also think influencer or not like we all post our kids 
on Instagram and I like to post them from time to time. I try to like set those boundaries, but I guess it's just to each their own. Yeah. Where, where does Michael stand on Instagram stories? Does he like being part of your stories? Is he whatever about it? Is he, is he like, let's keep it to a minimum. Where does he stand on everything with you? No, he, he likes, he likes being on my stories. I actually think like it might not seem like it it might seem like i'm just like posting everyone all the time but i think at home like i have a pretty good balance like i'm not on my phone all the time and i really try to like respect everyone's privacy like if michael gets home from a long day at work i'm not going to be like recording him you know yeah so i think i think we're pretty good there he likes being on my stories though like when the time's right <laughs> <laughs> so i i know one of the things that you did in your in your um in your Q and A, uh, this was something else that came up. Well, this hasn't. This actually wasn't in your Q and A, but I, I was going to talk about it a little bit later. We might as well talk about it now. Was the um, a few weeks ago, <clears throat> you went to Taylor Swift and you went to her second uh, stop on her Eras tour, which was Vegas. Yes. And so, yeah. I was on her third stop. I was the week after you, and you and I have talked non-stop about taylor swift since i could talk about taylor swift all day <laughs> that's why you guys you and i have had so many conversations about this recently because yeah. we're texting each other about did you hear the secret songs tonight and did you hear what she's saying and all this stuff um but yeah i mean when you went to the vegas show and well first off let me ask you this which past concerts had you been to of hers I the only other show I've been to of hers was Reputation in 2018. Okay, so you didn't see 1989. No. Okay. I didn't. I wish I did. Yeah, I've only seen 19. I saw 1989 twice. I saw Reputation twice, and now Era's tour. So, um, when you saw it in Vegas, obviously, um, it was quite the experience, I would say, and you got two secret songs that you weren't thrilled with right <laughs> i i don't even want to say that because i love her so much that yeah. i don't even want to say i was disappointed but i have a list of like my dream secret songs yeah. and i didn't get i didn't get one of those and they actually appeared the next night that you in vegas right didn't she play them the next night that you missed one of them yes yeah. i was so sad <laughs> i was like i went to the wrong show <laughs> yeah it, it, you know and it's one of these things where you know we don't know we're just stuck with whatever we get it it's kind of uh -huh. like um uh, the 1989 tour she did a lot of bringing her friends out and singing song and singing their songs with them and every city it was a new person like she would bring out uh, you know selena gomez she'd bring out camila cabello she'd bring out Whoever. She was just bringing out every new city. She was bringing out somebody. And it was just, you didn't know. Um, I remember I got, when I saw her in L.A., I got Ellie, no, and when I saw her in Dallas, I got Ellie Goulding. And when I in L.A., I got um, uh, Chrissy Teigen's husband, John, Legend, John Legend. Oh, yes. So she brought him out. And so, yeah, I mean, it was just, in a, and then Reputation, she didn't bring anybody out. But the new thing for this tour, obviously, is the secret songs and. You know, um, I I mean, right now, can you say which one you like better between Reputation and Eras Tour? Eras uh, Tour, 100%. Really? I thought it was like, yeah, it's, what about you? Uh, yeah, I liked Eras Tour better. I don't like, I, well, I didn't say, I don't, don't want to say I don't like. 
I still think the opening to Reputation is the best opener she's had. Yeah, the the opening. Although I I think a lot of people are like critiquing the song that she chose for the opening of Eras. But I think it's so cute, and I love. I mean, I know like the Vegas Stadium was inside, but when she performs at the outdoor venues, I think she chose Lover first because it's like the sunset and it goes with the vibe of Lover. Because it's still light out when she starts. Oh so, wait, she opened with Lover at an outdoor stadium. Yeah. Well, not not lover, but like lover era. Oh, like lover era. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. So but Miss Americana's opened up every. That, that's her opener for the whole tour. That's her yeah. opening song. Yeah. Before before the tour started, when I was you know geeking out about oh I'm going to see her in two months, oh I'm going to see her in a month, and I was talking about the fact that 1989 opened up with Welcome to New York and Reputation opened up with Are You Ready for It? And I just thought it was just it was just a just a badass opener to open with that song Mm -hmm. that song is just perfect to open up a concert with and i was like i'm wondering what she's going to open up with everybody was speculating and yeah if you would have given me 15 guesses i wouldn't have had miss americana and the heartbreak prince as her opener before this tour. no i don't think anybody did but like you said it works it actually is better than i thought and but does it beat reputations opener no overall though the concert i yeah it's almost like how can you say this concert isn't the best because we get 44 songs in three hours and 15 minutes? And that's just unheard of. Like, I don't even know how she does right. it. <laughs> like, I don't know how she – and I saw that she was out on Monday in New York. Oh, and I'm but, like, I'm still tired, and she's out after performing like three nights in a row. Yeah. No, I, I don't get it. Um, She's doing it. like, And now – I'm assuming she's not done touring. I'm assuming after this tour, next year we'll get another album, and then the year after that there'll be another tour again. It's like, how do you top this? What's she going to go? Four hours? Like, there's no way. I mean, I don't. There's no way. It's like she almost has to do the same exact thing. She has to do a 45-song set, mix the set list up for songs that she didn't include in this tour, and put them on the next tour. Obviously, there'll be songs from the next album that comes out that – probably will end the tour again or end the set list again. But it's like if she doesn't do three hours and 15 minutes and 45 songs, people are going to be disappointed. They're going to say, well, Eras beat that. She's saying longer and we got more right. songs. Like you, like, you don't, you, you don't want to like downgrade on your next tour. You want to top it. And I feel like it's, it's going to be hard to top. As long, I cried. Yeah. As long as she does the same, I'm fine. I'm not going to shit on her or be all pissed off if she does the same exact thing, you know, 44 songs and three hours and 15 minutes. Like the fact that she even did that, I don't even think I've never heard of that by any other artist ever in the history of a concert. I've never heard of anybody performing for three hours and 15 minutes and 44 songs and never took more than a two minute break. It's ne- I've never heard of that. I don't know. Nobody I, does that. Yeah. Nobody like it's like this is we're we're dealing with somebody that's like and, and maybe, you know, maybe the fact she hasn't toured since Reputation. It's been five years, so maybe she just had, look, I've got five years of not touring. It's the longest I've ever had to wait because the pandemic threw everything off. Let's give them something that's just going to blow them away, and it, and it, and it certainly has. Um, can you, do you remember the songs that you cried on uh, in, the, <laughs> in the concert? Okay, mine, it's actually so stupid, but I cried when she came out singing, like, 
for her fearless era because I just thought it was so cute because she was in like her gold dress and it was like old Taylor vibes. And when she, you know, when she does like the little spin with the guitar, yeah, it made me so emotional. (laughs) (laughs) Is there, do you have a, do you have a favorite album? Um, I want to say 1989, but I'm also like a big folklore evermore girl. Really? Yes. I love folklore evermore. Okay. And then obviously like Midnight's. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 really hard. I mean, I it's hard to break down her albums. I, it's very tough. I think Folklore and Evermore, if, if you're going over the majority of her fans, I would say a majority of those people would put those kind of behind everything else. And I only say that because they came out during the pandemic and it didn't get a lot of, you know, we were dealing with other stuff in the world when those two albums came out to where I don't feel it got a lot of, national attention you know is she just like oh here's here's an album with you know 18 songs and oh by the way six months later or whatever it was here's another one of 18 songs we're like whoa okay we're barely yeah that was crazy we're we're really getting into this first one and now you're giving us another it was almost like too much but look she's an artist she's able to do whatever she wants i just thought the whole thing was uh you know i like them too but if you're asking me to rank them they'd probably be behind Reputation, 1989 to Midnight's, and Lover for me. I, that's just where I'd put them. But there's just so many good bangers on all of them. All of uh, them. Yeah, I, I don't know if I could really pick. But so Michael's like a big 1989 guy. Yeah. He loves that album. He says, like, he says it's her best album because every single song, there's no skips except Welcome to New York. I don't know. I didn't say that. He said that. Really? So, Yeah. But he said every other song. He loves Clean. That's his favorite Taylor Swift song. So Yeah. That, and I kind of agree. I think 1989, like, there's no skips. I wouldn't even skip Welcome to New York. I like that no, song. No, I, I wouldn't either. And you have, He said that. And you, never, and you never saw, like I said, you never saw the tour. And that's her opening song on 1989 tour was Welcome to New York. So it's a, it kind of sets the tone for everything. And... I don't know. I like it. I, I I'm surprised he doesn't. That's weird that Michael doesn't like that song. Of all the songs on that album, I mean, I agree. I don't think there's any skips, and no. including that one. I mean, yeah, I, I'd say from top to bottom, I'd probably say that's her best album. But there are like, Reputation is like a like 1989. You know, is very poppy bubblegum music with just a bunch of songs that are very very catchy. Whereas Reputation is like this kind of darker revenge type album where she, you know, yeah. she's curses for the first time, I think, on any of her songs and is her reputation era in general yeah. was pretty iconic. Yeah, I thought it was just it was a complete change from what we had seen. And as an artist, it was impressive that she went from the, you know, the colorful poppy bubblegum 1989 songs to here's this bad bitch in reputation that's literally calling people out, literally calling Kanye out and saying, look, I'm, I'm done taking shots from other artists. I'm done taking shots from the Kardashians. I'm done taking shots from the media. Like, fuck you. Here's an album that's going to destroy you. And it did like, that's impressive. You know, you know what I was thinking too? Like, I wonder what like Kanye and Kim and like scooter and everyone think right now, like about all like her tour and everything. I know. 
You're just like, I mean, they have to be like, you know, she's she's killing it. I can't imagine they're still right. shit talking her, but you never know. Do you if you could narrow it down? This is going to be tough. Could you do a top three songs, not albums, songs of all of her Gosh. album? Could you do your favorite three? It's I don't think so. It, it's gonna. I wouldn't be able to like say it on the spot because I would look back and regret it. But, um. Gosh, I'll think about it, and then at the end, I'll tell you. What if we did it by out? Al- what if we just did it by album? Like, what is your favorite song off 1989? Um, can I pick two? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> probably, fine. Two's fine. Probably, probably clean and this love. Okay. What about reputation? Reputation. You can do two. You can do two again. Okay. Um, is call it what call it what you want? It's not on reputation, is it? No, it is. Yeah. Okay. Call it call it what you want, and don't blame me. Okay. Lover. Uh, Death by a thousand cuts. Yes. And Cornelia Street. Not lover, huh? Well, that's kind of messed up because that was my first dance song at my wedding. So I do love that one too. Oh, okay. Well, that that's got to be in your top two songs. Yeah. That was that was your that was your uh, that was your first song and your that was your first yeah. dance song. Okay. Um, folklore and Evermore between those um, top songs on there. Folklore, um, Cardigan, and Betty. Okay. Evermore, Champagne Problems, and Cowboy Like Me. Okay. And then Midnight's. Um, the Great War and You're On Your Own, Kid. Which are the two secret songs she sang in Tampa, right? Or one of, yes. the, one of the nights in Tampa, same night, both songs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's... Uh, yeah, I mean, she now says that Minute Nights is going to be repeated as secret songs, so we know that. Um, I know you and I are both fascinated about the breakup <laughs> with Joe. I had a theory today, actually, Ooh, and I, I'm it? thinking out loud. It might be really, really stupid. I just, like, I was running around today, and it crossed my mind for a second. Maybe when I say it out loud, I'll realize it doesn't make sense, but when is the last time that, like, it was confirmed that they were together? Shit. Like, because I'm starting to think, like, have they been broken up for a long time? Because she's so strategic. Maybe she purposely didn't announce it until now, but they've been broken up for a long time. Because even in Midnight's, I feel like there's some, I mean, there's kind of some hints. Maybe they were already broken up. Yeah. I mean, when the story broke, it had said, it. it the way it was written made it seem like it was, because it came out in the week that she was off. So she had done... Arizona, Vegas, and Dallas, and it came in that off week. It came during Easter week. So she had done three cities on her tour, and that's when the story broke that she had broken up with Joe. But the story was written that this was within the last few, like clearly before the the tour started. It's not like after three cities, you know, they had a phone call and they broke up over the phone or whatever. It seemed like it was something that had happened a few months later. But now you're just looking back on it. It's like, well, how do we know? Because they're very rarely caught together anyway, because they're very secretive yeah. about her. She's secretive about all of her relationships. If she wants to be seen, she will, which is why her walking out of that restaurant in New York just willy, willy-nilly was just like, wait a second. She never does this. No, and she's done it twice lately. 
Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, something's going on with like she just or maybe this is just like, well, now I don't have to worry about, you know, hiding Joe or people coming up to us. I don't know. But when she was seen twice Mm -hmm. in New York in a span of a few weeks, you're just like, okay, that is strategically done. For what reason? Is it to be like, hey, Joe, look at me. I'm single and ready to mingle. I don't know. <laughs> and it was so weird because at the Grammys, I I didn't actually watch, but I saw like clips on yeah. online and stuff like that. And I totally got like single Taylor vibes. And I was thinking, I don't know why I just felt that way. Like there was an interaction that she had with Harry Styles. And I just was like, why do I feel like she's single? And I think, I mean, maybe she was, maybe she wasn't, but I did have that feeling. Uh, I I gotta believe she was because a week later was the breakup announcement, or the, is when we all found out. So there's no way it was in that week. I I, I definitely think right. I definitely think she was broken up before the tour, and that's what the story leads us to believe is that like this happened a while back. They're amicable, but if you're asking when were they last seen, like I don't even know because they were rarely ever seen together. It, it was always like some paparazzi what's catching them through like fucking trees and, and, you know, being able to snake a picture of them when they're walking, you know, a thousand yards away and just used a scope to get that. It's just, they don't do stuff in public rarely ever. No. Uh, I wonder if it was really amicable. Cause I feel like Taylor doesn't do amicable usually. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, that's the thing. Like I, you and I discussed this and we can discuss it again. Now it's just like when you're with somebody six years, how is a breakup amicable? Because especially when she's right in her wheelhouse of, I thought I've read interviews in the past where she has said she wants to have kids. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't, I don't know. But she's 33 years old. I mean, this is around the time where she'd be like, okay, you're 33 and you have a six-year boyfriend. I would think at some point during the last, I don't know, six years with this guy, you guys would talk about, do we want to have kids? And if the answer is yes, when? Well, here you are now at 33, six years into the relationship. We don't really know who broke up with who. It's just, oh, we ended amicably and, you know, they rooting for each other. It's like, are they? Because something doesn't seem right. I feel right like everyone that. says that, though. Yeah, of course. You got to say it. No, she's yeah. not going to talk shit about him and he's not going to talk shit about her, I don't think. There might be subtle shade hints thrown here and there as we get further away from the breakup, but my guess is, I don't know. I I, I feel like we won't know until she comes out with her next album. Yeah, and then we and then everyone starts <laughs> dissecting the lyrics of every single thing yeah. that she says about past boyfriends. I mean, right. yeah, it's it's really it's really weird. I mean, you just, I yeah, when I saw that and I saw amicable. And six year relationship and she's 33 I'm like I don't I don't know this seems like they had a misunderstanding or they were heading in different directions of where they wanted a relationship to be and I could think that only revolved around a future and family like you're with somebody for six years I think at that point you rather you know whether or not you want to marry that person or not right like how could you not you know I don't know yeah I also think and I don't know anything about him but like I feel like she's too good for him. <laughs> well, he's, I mean, you, you also have the whole problem with, and this is, look, I, and I don't know anything about him either. I haven't seen any of his work. Uh, the movies that he's been in, I've never seen. I've never, I don't think I've ever heard him speak, to be honest with you. I know he's done interviews, but I've never heard him. Um, 
it's got to be incredibly difficult, let's face it, to date Taylor Swift. She's the most popular woman in all of music, in all of pop music. She easily is the most popular woman in the world, I think, in the, at least in the United States. I think States. so, too. So yeah. that can't be easy. And when you're someone like Joe Alwyn, it's like, okay, uh, you know, she's infinitely more popular than him. And the stories alluded to the fact that he, not that he was jealous, but basically got tired of dating someone who was so popular. And it doesn't mean he's jealous of her success, but it can't be easy because you do have to sneak around and do everything on the down low. You can't lead a normal life if you're dating Taylor Swift. You can't lead a normal dating life. You can't have any sort of private life because people are constantly trying to take pictures of you and and whatnot. So I, I get it. It can't be easy, but he was six years in. I, I, I It didn't settle in after six years. Like, wow, she's really popular. Like, yeah, but it also I, I thought the same. But then I was like, OK, they started dating and then there was the pandemic. So it was probably so different. They probably had like more privacy. And then now, you know, probably a lot has changed between like 2020 to now. Yeah. And it said like they spent a lot of time privately together and that's when they, you know, he, he now sees her out of the bubble and, you know, it's just different. It's just like, yeah, I, I don't know. And I, like you said, I don't know if we'll ever know until we get her next album and she starts putting lyrics in there that people dissect. But yeah, I, I can't imagine, like, I think Taylor needs to date somebody that is an A-lister, and he's not an A-lister at all. He's not even a C-lister, I don't think. I mean, not... No, I don't think so either. I, I wouldn't even know who he was if he wasn't yeah. dating Taylor. <laughs> yeah, I, most people wouldn't. And I think she needs to date somebody that has the exact same amount of fame as her on the male side. Like, I'm not saying that this is possible and this is who she's going to date, but, like, she needs to date, like, a you know, I don't know, Bradley Cooper, just somebody that's an A-list male actor or male celebrity or male singer where it's just like, oh, okay, power couple, they, you know, we get it. Because it, it feels like it would almost be easier for her to go out in public with a guy like that because he's used to it. He knows exactly what to expect, whereas Joe, yeah, he probably was like, man, this is just bizarre. My life was never like this. I, nobody knew who I was before this, and now everyone knows me right? as Taylor Swift's boyfriend. Yeah, I mean. What if she gets back together with Harry Styles? Didn't he? Isn't I he, could see it. Isn't, is he dating someone? Uh, he might not be. I, I know the, the Olivia Wilde thing ended, so yeah, maybe he's, I don't, I don't, I don't see her with him. Because he's different no. than, he's different than what she dated. The Harry that she dated back in the day is not the Harry that we're getting now. I think he's just totally a little bit different. I'm trying to think, like, I, I know we're putting each other on the spot here, but, like, realistically, who do you see would be a good fit for her? I'm just trying to think of, like, celebrities in my head and, and singers who are, like, super popular but would fit her brand, you know, because she has to have somebody that's not, like, I. She's like too good for everyone. That's yeah. the problem. <laughs> and there's that. She might she might just be too good for everybody. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to yeah, I mean, okay, singers like Zane from uh, One no. Direction. No, no, no. <laughs> and isn't he I thought he was like hanging out with somebody Yeah, there, so that, that yeah. That's the latest um, I heard with him. Um I'm 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 not even thinking of singers. Now I'm going to actors like I was like thinking Bad Bunny, maybe. But Bad Bunny's with Kendall Jenner now. For now. 
Yeah, but for now. Who knows? I don't see her with Bad Bunny. No. Um, no. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. I mean, I'm just looking at. I'm just looking at all her past boyfriends. She seems to have the. If you look at all of her ex boyfriends, they all seem to have one thing in common. They're basically all pasty white dudes. You know, like she hasn't dated. I, unless I'm missing something. You know, when you look at uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Harry Styles, Joe Jonas, um, Patrick Schwarzenegger, uh, uh, Loki, the guy Tom Hiddleston, yeah. you know, like those all guys are white dudes. You know, Bad Bunny she, doesn't. She loves a no, he doesn't. She loves a London boy. Yeah, the London boy, and then you got Joe, who was about as plain Jane on the male side that, as you can get. Like, I don't know. I, I, I I'm. God, those were all music. Those are basically, I mean, some musicians, some actors. Jake Gyllenhaal is an actor. He's not a singer. So, who would be a who would be an A list guy that doesn't have like baggage or drama, and just like a guy that everybody already likes? Like, it's just like it's got such a great Q rating right now uh, in the pop culture world that people would just freak the fuck out if taylor and he started dating and i'm just trying to think of who that could be and she's got such a high yeah she's got such a high standard she's taylor fucking swift like nobody nobody can touch her (laughs) no her popularity at least yeah um like who oh oh what if she dated leo no no way he also doesn't date anyone over like 25. 25 yeah but I'm just saying that that level of like I could see the you know you, know, you could see those two on a on a yacht in Italy you know just in getting paparazzi True. pictures taken like somebody on that level of just like almost untouchable where they would be the power couple in all of Hollywood yeah um, yeah Leo's probably yeah he doesn't like anyone anyone over 25 so i guess she's out but maybe maybe like 2005 leo yeah it'd have to be something it would have to be something like that like he needs to find a time machine if he (laughs) wants to do her. so yeah i mean we'll 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 figure something out at some point of who taylor's next and i guarantee after people listen to this they'll probably email me they'll probably email you and just be like oh you forgot about this guy or what about this person what about this person so i'd be interested to hear people's suggestions because I didn't even think about this until I just brought it up to you a couple minutes ago. So I'm, I, and I don't want a bunch of dead air on the podcast where I'm sitting here going, hmm, hmm. you know. So I'm, there has to be someone that's worthy, right? Yeah, I mean, I just I'm like, who's like the top like? Well, Miles Teller's Miles Teller's married, and it's not him. Um, no. I'm just thinking of top actors right now, like. 30 35 year old actors that's like really doing well in the movies and i can't nothing nobody's coming to my mind right now but i know there's probably someone sitting in their in their car screaming at us like oh you forgot about this guy and i'm just i'm blanking right now so same i can't think of anybody anyway um (laughs) here's something i wanted to ask you i don't i never asked you this i don't think in the past maybe i did but it's been so long since you've been on and this has to do with your season of the bachelor when you were on with ben when you got okay. to, you, you get to hometowns and you hadn't seen your daughters the whole time, obviously during filming, they show up and I can't remember if I asked you, maybe I did. Did you think that you were getting through the hometown date rose ceremony? Yeah. Okay. So. Oh, you did. Okay. I, yeah. I, I knew he wasn't picking me like 
in the end. I knew. Yeah, no, I knew he wasn't picking me. But I thought there was no way that they were going to send me to hometowns and have them meet the kids and then send me home. I was like, there's no way. So I thought I was for sure going to get sent home. Like, I thought I would be like top two, but like just out of default. Like, just because in my head, that's the way it made sense. Not because I thought he was actually going to pick me. Okay. makes That makes sense yeah. to me. When, yeah. when it finally happened, like, because I was thinking about this, I was like, you know, Amanda finally gets to see her daughters and then she's eliminated basically a couple days later. Was it a, was it a case of once you did get eliminated, you were like, you know what? Probably better because I, I, I just realized I really missed my daughters and there's no need for me to continue on if I'm not going to win. Or did you really, would you have been like, once you were eliminated, did you, did it set in that, you know what? It's probably better that it happened right now yeah I mean I I was shocked I got sent home when I did just because again I thought like there was no way that that would happen the way that it did but as soon as I did I was so happy to go home like so happy yeah no I can imagine and I can't remember and then I can't remember where they traveled after but it was somewhere far and I just remember being like gosh I'm so glad I'm not like on that plane or like didn't get sent home in like another country so oh. I was happy Oh, God, Amanda, now you're going to make me look at my notes of where they went to. I have everything in my phone of past seasons and where they traveled to. Uh, ben was Jamaica. They went oh, yeah, Jamaica. Jamaica. Yeah, so that would have been. Kind of random. Yeah, that would have been, because I remember, yeah, that's right, because it was Kayla, it was JoJo, and, and Lauren. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I just, it makes sense now. Like, now that I think about it, didn't you? Didn't you have the fourth hometown date? Didn't, weren't you last? No, so I was actually mad because I was first. Oh, that's right. You were first. I, I knew it, it was either first so, or last. Okay, my bad. Yeah, So, and, and the way that it works is like since I was first, then I stay in a hotel in L.A. and he goes on three other hometown dates, you know, in different areas. Like I basically was sitting in a hotel for a week before the rose ceremony. Then the rose ceremony comes and he sent me home. So I was mad because I was like, if you knew you were going to send me home, I thought he should have just done it at my hometown date or like, I don't know, called me or something because I felt like I wasted like over a week just sitting there waiting to be dumped. Yeah, that's right. Because you, you know, for those that don't know, hometown dates, I get asked this all the time. I've answered it so many times, but, you know, you just never know who's listening or reading that particular day. Hometown dates is basically once you're down to the four for your particular season, you, Kayla, Lauren, Jojo are put in four different hotels in Los Angeles with your handlers and like yours was up first. So it's like, okay, Amanda, you get your hometown date. And then after your hometown date, it's right back to the hotel and you just have mm -hmm. to wait out like the other three hometown dates where you just hang out with your handler and do, you know, watch movies, go to the mall, get your hair done, whatever the case may be. Um, yeah. You get to do that stuff. So it's almost, it's worse being number one or number four. Because if you're fourth, then you had to wait for everybody else and you didn't see him in a week. You went first and then didn't see him in a week for another week until the rose ceremony. If you're second or third, it's like, okay, you got to wait, but not nearly as long. So, yeah, that's because you were first. JoJo, I believe, was second. So they went from California to JoJo was in Texas to Kayla was in Ohio, and then they came back to 
the West Coast for Lauren because she was up in uh, Portland. Where was she born yeah. from Portland, right? Portland. Yeah. So they Do you did... want to know what I did? It's actually crazy. Yes. I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever said this before, but I was staying at a hotel in Marina Del Rey. I forget what it was called. It was just like a little hotel on like the like Bay Area there. Yeah. And I'm from Orange County, so it's only like an hour drive to LA. A lot of my friends lived in LA and Orange County. So you don't have a phone while you're filming The Bachelor, but the hotel has a phone. And so I would sneak out and I would go call my friends from my hotel and have them come visit me at the hotel. <laughs> but I thought I thought you le- I thought you legit weren't even let out of your room without your handler next to you. You're not. You're oh. not. Oh. <laughs> I didn't it was when it was when he went to sleep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what about what about in the times when you had to do stuff with your handler? What kind of things did you do? Uh, we would go to, we like would go to dinner. I think I got my hair done, maybe got my nails done. Um, movies? Did you honestly, ever go to movies? No. Oh. You really just do like a lot of nothing. Like you're really just like, around. Sorry, Moose is so loud. Moose. It's okay. Uh, so, yeah. oh my God. I like he barks so much. Um, Oh, so you didn't do movies? Did you ever? Did you get to go to uh, Disneyland? Did they ever do the Disneyland with you? Nope, we didn't go to Disneyland. Oh, yeah. And you it did. It was pretty boring. And you didn't know, obviously. Like when I say they put the women in different hotels, like JoJo and Lauren and Kayla were not in your hotel, or else you would have tried to find them and, and want to hang out with oh, them. Oh no! But yeah, they're in. F- we were all separate hotels. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's... I used the hotel phone, and uh, like a couple of my friends came and visited me. But not the one in your room. You had to go find one because they would have known they don't have your phone in your room working, did it? Or was it the one in your room? It was the one in my room. Oh. I mean, now now they're going to start. Like, I don't think maybe they can do this. I don't know. But I was going to say, like, I don't know if production can, like, legally turn those phones off. Like, I think, like, for safety reasons, they have to leave them on. But but du- but, du- I, but during the season when you traveled and you guys as a group were in hotel rooms, those those phones were shut off, or else the women would have been calling their friends back home. Right? Those phones didn't work when you guys traveled. Yes. Well, I, I'm not really sure. Nobody tried. But on top of it, you have a lot more like supervision in those situations. Like you're never alone. There's okay. always someone with you. Whereas like during the hometown break, I only had one producer, and he had a different hotel room, which was just like a few doors down. But I was alone in my room, so. Yeah, I gotta, <laughs> yeah, I got to imagine. I see. I've always been under the assumption that during hometowns, like I knew it worked that way, but I assumed your TV and your TV didn't work, and your ho- and your hotel phone didn't work. But that, is that not the I, case? Did your TV work? Did you watch TV in your room? I can't remember if my TV worked. I know that you do have TV, like. When you're on Paradise or, like, before you go on The Bachelor, they have you in, like, before the first night, you're in a hotel room for a few days. And I know you do have a TV there. I cannot remember if my TV worked during hometowns. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because it just seems like if they leave, if you get your own room during hometown dates when you have to wait, which everybody has to, if the phone is working in your room, everybody would be calling out. Like they have to shut those phones. I can't believe they left your phone on. Maybe they accidentally left yours on. I was always Maybe told it was off. It was probably an accident, yeah. but the phone worked. Okay, I didn't know because I, I couldn't be trusted. 
That's hilarious, though, that you're just like secretly calling your friends like, hey, I'm in Marina Del Rey. Why don't you come up and yeah. hang out on board? Like they would come to your like, obviously, your handler. Did they come to your room like you hung out in your room or you literally went out with them? Um, both. Like okay. we would go out, um, since I was in Marine Del Rey, we would like go to like the promenade in Santa Monica and like walk around. I think we still had like interviews and stuff like that, but yeah. But did your handler you know that anything. you did, did your handler, how did your handler not know? Isn't their job to have your eyes on you at all times? How did you get away for that long? I mean, well, cause it was when he would go to sleep. Oh, so you were doing it like. 10 o'clock at night like you were doing it yeah oh okay i thought for some reason I thought yeah it was in the day. okay no no not during the day like at night oh okay yeah <laughs> that's hilarious and any and any future contestant listening you need to you need to pull you see you need to see if you can pull that off because yeah right i i, I it's 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 definitely weird because even when you see your family that day when you and ben walked into the house to see your mother and your sister like that's the first time you see your mom and your sister like it's not like you get to go home and spend a night with them and like oh i'm meeting ben today and you're gonna i'll bring him back and you're like no 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 like yeah it's and it's like a supervised conversation like yeah and then so. once ben leaves you don't get to hang out with your mom and your sister maybe you get to go back and talk to them for a little bit but production is there with you guys yeah and then they take yeah. you away and bring you back to the hotel that night. Like you stay in a hotel that night, the night of your uh, hometown date. Hometown. Yeah. <laughs> it is crazy. Yep. Yeah. No, it's uh, I. God, now I want to ask everybody who has a hometown date, who's had a hometown date in the past, if their phone worked in their room. Like this is going to I, be my new mission. Well, it also, I'm sure other people have made phone calls, but I also think it just worked in my favor that like, I'm from here. So like if someone lived in another state, like you can't really have someone like fly and come visit you because you're not doing anything, but it works since people could just like drive to my hotel. Yeah. But even just my the phone. call itself being like talking to your friends and being like, okay, here's the deal. Here's what, ha here's what's happened up to this point. <laughs> like that whole deal. I don't want to call anyone out, but I do know that someone on my season snuck a phone. Like snuck, so a, I know snuck a burner phone. Yeah. How do, like again, how do they get away with that when I heard that they literally go through your your luggage before you move into the mansion? They just, you hit, just hide it. They just hit it well. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that hard. And then did they do you did they use it on the you don't need to call them out by name, but did they use it like did you witness them using it ever? I never witnessed them using it, but they sometimes they would come out and be like, Oh my god, I just looked at my phone and I saw like X, Y, and Z. Oh, so they like, so. they were probably following my spoilers. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah, no, they were, they were, and that's what it was. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um, yeah. I mean, look, I bet it's funny. Ben Higgins just did an interview the other day with, uh, he would, he'd, he did a uh, us weekly's podcast and they were talking about, um, the host asked him like, if you were in charge of the bachelor, how would you, you know, change things up? And Ben answered it like, I really think they should lean into this senior season that they're doing. And I was like, I don't think, Ben, that's what they were looking, the answer they were looking for. Because that's a different show. <laughs> I think they meant like, what would you do with the Bachelor and Bachelorette format right now to make it a little bit different or, or change it up a little? My thing is, so I was like, I'll answer for Ben. And this is what I would do. I think the lead 
should have access around when there's about six to eight people left. I think the lead should be able to look at each person's Instagram and just kind of be like, okay, I want to be able to scan their Instagram and just see if there's anything, you know, that uh, I can I can ask them about. Like, hey, this is questionable, or what was this, or who is this? And I think that would be I would add to it. I think like you saw you watched F Boy Island, right? I was just gonna say that's like what they do on F Boy Island. I think it could be good, but what if they were like gonna pick someone and then you don't like the Instagram, then the whole show changes. Well, but then that's but then it's better to find out then than pick somebody and then it fall apart afterward. Like I just right. I, I liken it to Hannah Brown's. I liken it to Hannah Brown's season. Like I know they say like no, the leads got to navigate them, show themselves. We're not gonna step in and do anything, but. Hannah Brown's not picking Jed in a million years if she knows what's going on back home where his ex-girlfriend is like, yeah, he left me a note and said he'll to wait for him. Like, that's what I mean. Like, it it should – and she gets embarrassed because she picks him, she gets engaged, and he's got this girl back home and she doesn't know about it because she's not allowed to look at a phone or look at a computer, you know. I just think, right. I just think they should be able to have some sort of access or maybe be able to Google – their last six to eight competitors, you know, and just be like, okay, I saw this online. Hey, what is this? You know, because like you said, you watched that boy Island. It's exactly what they do there. I don't remember how many guys are left when they did it, but both seasons they did it. And it's just, it brings out a good, like, it's almost like a good thing to do for like the, the group date after party. When you get your alone time with them, be like, Hey, earlier today, I was able to Google your name and I saw this, or I found this. Let's talk about it. I just think they need to in- they need to embrace social media a lot more, and they and they're falling behind because a lot of the other shows do. You know, I agree. That it, it's that's why it maybe seems like a little dated now compared to other reality shows. Yeah, is are you guys are you guys? And this is the last thing I want to end with. One of the things that you talked about in your Q and A was you and Michael watch a lot of TV together. What's what's yeah. like your what's like your reality show guilty pleasure stuff? Are you all over the Love Is Blind stuff? So we were just talking about how I need to watch that because I've been seeing everyone post about it and yeah. everyone talk about it and I need to know. Um, so no, we haven't watched that. We're we're really big in like 90 Day Fiance. Um, we loved like Temptation Island. I don't know if that's if they're making another one, but oh, that no, was like one of our favorites. Oh, it's coming out. It's it's oh it is out soon. Yeah, they filmed they filmed season six last summer and it's coming soon. But they haven't there hasn't been a date release yet. But I heard it's coming this summer. But it's definitely in the can. They filmed it. That's like one of our favorites. Oh yeah. Um, but no, we haven't watched. We watched F Boy Island. We watch like pretty much all those, all those shows except for Love Is Blind. So we need to watch that. I yeah, think it's good. Yeah, I never, I never watched it, and literally until last night, I, I was like, okay, let me just kind of fast forward. I, I watched the first episode of this past season, and then kind of fast forwarded through the other ones, and I don't know. I, I wasn't as blown away as. Other people are, but again, I only watched one full episode and then did a lot of fast forwarding to the points where I was like, let me just get to the part where they meet each other. Because I think it's really weird to watch two people talk through a wall and and claim they're falling in love with the other person. It was really creepy, actually, to me. I thought it was sometimes sometimes I feel like, too, it's hard to like go back and watch shows that like like it might be hard for me to watch it now. Whereas like if I watched it when it first came out and everyone else was watching it, it's easier yeah. to get into yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's it's one of these like when you watch it, it's just it's weird because did did you guys ever get into um the Married at First Sight that one? No, okay. we didn't. We watched a season of it, but we it wasn't our favorite. 
Yeah, it's just a, it's such a bizarre. I mean, it, you think The Bachelor is a you know a forced concept of basically getting engaged to someone that you barely know. How about doing the whole thing backwards, where you literally are marrying somebody as you meet them for the first time? Like that's just stupid. <laughs> like yeah, that's if, wild. If you've worked out and and they're still together, great. You're 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 just lucky. There's no, you know, it's like it's total luck that it happened it to work luck. out that way. There's no. There's no way that that's a normal thing. And and I'm surprised that's legal. <laughs> I know. Right? I, I just, I don't get it. And then Love is Blind is kind of the same. Love is Blind, you're getting engaged to someone who you've never seen physically. That's stupid. It's just, again, it doesn't make any sense, at least on The Bachelor. While, great, while granted, you know, you know, take your season, for example, Ben... By the end of the season, Ben had probably spent a total of three or four days total with, with Lauren. But he makes a decision and he gets it. But at least he has seen her in person. At least he has, you know, probably slept with her. Um, they've gone on dates. They've met each other's families. At least that makes sense. Right. These other ones don't make any sense. I'm going to get engaged to somebody that I've never even seen. I don't even know what they look like, but I'm basically getting engaged to them because I like their answers and we have right? some stuff in common. It's just dumb. Like, I, I don't know. I, I like you. Look, I'm not. I'm not telling you guys not to go watch Love Is Blind, but just know people are getting engaged to people that they've never even seen in their life. Just <laughs> keep that in mind. It's kind of weird. Have, have any of the couples like actually gotten married from that? Oh yeah, no. There's uh, uh, Bachelor Data put up a put up a whole thing yesterday with the success rate. There's people from season one that are still married and have been married for three or four years. And it's like, okay, I mean, but it doesn't mean it's normal. You know, it's just, it's just, I don't know. It just seems like luck to me. I don't know, but totally. yeah. Anyway, Amanda, thank you so much uh, for coming on. Thanks for the Taylor Swift talk. It was a lot of fun. Anytime. We'll still be discussing it. Um, By the time this airs, she is in Houston this weekend. So, We'll be discussing what her secret songs are in Houston on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. Of um, so um, uh, say hi to Michael. Uh, enjoy being married, and I hope I hope marriage is going well for you. It seems like it is. Thank uh, you. Just asking you, real quick how how has it been? Yeah. Has it been has it been great? Has it been everything that you ex- had expected again? You know, this time around. Yeah, it's the best. Okay, that's great. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, so congratulations. I hadn't I hadn't Thank talked you. to you publicly about it since since September since you got married. So, congratulations. Hope you guys are having a great time. And uh, again, we will definitely be in touch. Sounds good. Thank you. Bye, Amanda. Bye. Thank you to Amanda uh, for coming on there. A lot of Taylor Swift talk. Because I did not. I mean, Amanda's been on. I think this is her fourth time on. So we're not going to sit here and break down what's going on in bachelor world. I tried to keep bachelor talk to a minimum because she has more important things that she wants to talk about, namely mom shaming and women asking her if she's pregnant and looking for a bump every time she posts a picture, which is just fucking rude. So don't do it anymore. If you're going, if you guys are doing that for her anyway, thanks to Amanda for coming on. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, in your podcast feed, the daily roundup was posted a couple hours ago And in a different feed, uh, the Sports Daily uh, was posted. So thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. For Amanda Stanton, I'm Reality Steve, and I will talk to you tomorrow. See you!